Check this out. It's a great gift called Wildlife. Hey, and hello, everybody. Uh, this is Reverend Jody Susan Calhoun, and we are here live with Self Self Care. And today we have my friend Marcus Mitchell, and we are going to be talking about how to find your path and your purpose. Um, and Marcus has a really transformational story. So I asked him when I met him, I said, Hey, would you share? Right? Because when we share our our journeys, how we overcome our adversities, we help other people grow. And so he said, of course. And um, so if you are watching this on Instagram, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, or YouTube, um, and you have friends who like to watch it on Facebook, you can tell them that Facebook is down. So seems to be the thing lately. So, um, but I did post a YouTube channel there and, uh, you know, find us as, as, uh, as you may and share the show. And without further ado, let me bring on Marcus Mitchell. Hello. Hey, Joy. How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm good. I'm blessed. Yes, you are. So it's so funny. I don't know. Um, as soon as I upgraded my StreamYard account, Facebook stopped stopped working. So uh, not sure what that's all about, but it's okay. Um, that's okay. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't stop anything from really happening. So, um, so Marcus, um, share with us 
how you found your path, how you, uh, where you think that you became originally misguided, right? Because other people are misguided, right? Uh, on their path, like I was, I was misguided, right? I, I, um, I took pharmaceuticals for nearly two decades. And uh, despite the fact that it made me gain 100 pounds. So, so we all get misguided, but you steered a new path, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think the, the misguiding thing, I don't know, I guess it could stem back to like childhood, maybe. Like, oldest of three, and was always uh, the good little boy, is what I was told growing up. And I think that kind of went into my adulthood. So it was very challenging. Um, as a young adult trying to find my way, um, I was always looking for someone to show me, someone to direct me, someone to give me that kind of like, this is what you need to do. It took me a long time, a long time to like learn how to stand on my own, learn how to stand on my own two feet. Um, even as like, I became a father at a very young age as well. So I became a dad at 22. Um, and so maybe raising babies, I guess, kind of a deal um, in a way. Uh, but no, it was great. It was a great experience. I love my daughter to death. Uh, it's crazy to believe that, you know, I have a full grown person now as a child. Um, it's crazy. Um, but no, even then, you know, like her, her mother was very, um, stern and direct with both of us. Right. So me and my daughter. Um, and so it was, again, it was like, this kind of fall in line and fall in line. And I don't think I really, um, started to find my own way or kind of figure things out for myself until probably the last couple of years, honestly. And how old are you now? 42. Okay. And so what happened before 42? What happened in your 20s? Um, what what was happening? And, um, you know, do you want to tell the story? Yeah, sure. I mean, it, a lot happened, I guess, in my 20s. Uh, so, um, yeah, like I said, I moved out of the house when I was 18. Uh, I started bartending because um, I really didn't know what direction I wanted to take my life. I got bit by the hospitality bug, um, bit by the uh, the lifestyle of it, the partying, the drinking. Ah, okay, because I'm, I'm not sure I know what the hospitality bug is. Well, so fast money quick. Ah, I could go in and I could make, you know, two, three hundred dollars in a night and then I could party all night long, sleep till three o'clock in the afternoon, wake up and do it all over again. Got it. So for me, that was the hospitality bug. That was the bartender bug. That was the, the lifestyle that I kind of I led. So you through. make a lot of money when you bartend. Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah. OK. Well, I was good. <laughs> well, so I made twenty five cents. So what oh. happened was it was in the 80s. And um, it was Studebaker's. It was that was the bar in Illinois. Studebaker's was owned by my friend uh, Walter Payton, and who you might know from the Chicago uh, Bull, not Bulls, Bears, right, quarterback. And so I tried to um, waitress, right, even though I didn't drink. And so I'm like kind of like shunning people as they order their drinks. Not a very good mm -hmm. idea. Because, uh, you know, I just didn't drink. And so I got quarters like like on a good day. Yeah. So it lasted like three days. I'm like, okay, this is not my gig, you know, because like I didn't understand it. So help me. Oh, she's. 
Yeah. Didn't like Derek. No, she really wants to say something is what it is. Oh. Okay. okay. What do you want to say, Fagala? Fagala, we're listening. What do you want to say? Okay. Wow, she's really okay. Fagala, what do you want to say, honey? Let me hear you. Got it. She wants you, Marcus, to tell people about what got you down that you went to the alcohol. She's saying that, hold on, she's saying there was a, so you know she's an intuitive. Um, she's saying, I'm listening, stop chewing on mommy's jewelry. Um, she's saying, there was a point in time where you transferred from it was the happy place to a place where you found solace, like happy places having fun, and then it became like how you found your solace. Is that accurate? Uh, yes, hundred percent. I think a lot of folks it happens that way. We speak about you know just being person because that's that's part of you, right? Um, yeah, yeah. In my early, my early twenties, it was fun, and it wasn't even a thing of like I, I never saw it as an area of concern. It was just something that we did, and we had a lot of fun, and it was no big deal. Uh, I didn't really realize it was a big deal until other people brought it to my attention. Mm. I would say that it was probably uh, my more the late twenties okay. when I started to kind of see that transfer where it became more of a uh, coping escape type of a mechanism. And then it became also kind of a, like um, a way to get by. It became normal. It became normal for me to just get up and just drink in the morning. Like that was a normal routine for me and then drink throughout the day. And it became to the point where I, had to do that in order to maintain because it was a feel good it started off as a feel good mm -hmm. and then the feel good started to turn in i i think that was about the time like i said like my late 20s where i became i went from like the, the happy drinker to the angry drunk okay it was a uh and it was a pretty kind of a, a swift change like like the when i look back at it it was you know it's almost kind of like it just flipped all of a sudden it was the amounts that I was drinking. It was the um, the hours that I was drinking. You know, it wasn't an after work thing anymore. It was a this is what Marcus does thing. Marcus was more drunk than he was sober. If you saw Marcus sober, not with a drink, it was that was a surprise. Yeah, and so what I'm hearing is the swiftness of it was your body was in toxic overload, mm. and so now all of a sudden. Your body reached a peak of toxicity and it couldn't handle it anymore. Okay, so, but you shifted. I shifted. Yeah, you really shifted. You reclaimed your health. You're exploring all, you know, how everything around you impacts your well being. Mm. How did that start? Where you went from, I'm sure you went to the AA meetings, not to be confused with AAA people. Uh, 1A <laughs> makes a whole difference. 1A. 
you know, it's one thing to go to AA meetings and you have the camaraderie and you have people supporting you on your recovery journey, but you're taking it to the next level. Why? Um, there was, I tried everything for a while. You know, like I, I did try AA, I tried, you know, uh, residential treatments, I tried IOC, I tried sober livings, I tried all these different things and nothing was really working for me. Um, until eventually, like I actually took what AA had to offer and I did it the right way. I had a great sponsor that walked me through the steps. Um, he was gentle but firm, something that I really needed. Um, didn't really, he called me out on my BS a lot, which was good. And I just, I was really into it this time. And I really focused on what it actually was, what it, what the steps actually entailed. But there was a piece of me that was looking for something more. Like in, at the beginning of AA, you know, there's that first step where we have to, we, we say that we're powerless over alcohol, which I was like, I had, I had burned my life to the ground time and time again and kept doing it. Um, so it did a, you know, next we have to we have to make a decision to turn our our will and our lives over to a higher power. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, well, so I'm powerless over alcohol. Now you want me to give what power I think I do have away again. So where did my power lie? And I started to do a lot of research with this. Like I've always had an understanding that there is a there's something bigger than me, right? Um, and I grew up Southern Baptist. I didn't connect with that as i got older with that religious teaching i started to explore more and try to find out more and things that like resonated with me i think that god and higher power is very personable it's a it's a very personal experience and it's it's one of the greatest things i saw in the big book is like as god as we understand him right or her or, or whatever we want to call it mm -hmm. but it has to be an understanding for oneself it has to be a very personal experience if not, there will never be that connection. You'll never learn how to talk. You'll never learn how to listen. You'll never learn how to be connected. You'll never learn um, what that feels like um, if you're always trying to run from somebody else's version of God, which is what I was doing for a really long time. Um, and it was interesting. I found out that I had to. The one thing that was going to save me is the one thing that I had been trying to run away from for the last 20 years, um, which was that higher power and that connection. Um, but I also felt that, like, my definition of, of higher power, um, spirits, worse, God, universe, whatever we want to call it, it's for me, it's very circular. Like there is a, it's everywhere. Like I believe that the same energy source and universe and God is inside of me, is inside of you, um, inside of the trees, inside of the animals. We're all a shared energy source. Well, that's how she knew what was going on for you. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally believe that, right? Like, there's a lot of people that might look at this and she's an intuitive and people are like, oh, that's that's crazy. Why is that crazy? That makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> I might not be able to hear it. I might not be tuned in in that same way, but it makes sense to me because it makes sense to you and it makes sense to her and it makes sense to whoever it makes sense to, right? We're all trying to make sense of these things. Mm -hmm. And I think the more compassion we could show to other people would make this life a whole a whole lot better. Anyway, sorry, kind of getting sidetracked. No, so, I love, no, you're going in the right direction as far as I'm concerned. So, um, but yeah, so I was, I was looking for something. I was like, if, if universe, so for, for lack of a better term, I have coined this, I, I call my higher power Gus, God, universe, spirit, and source, Gus. Oh, I love it. God, universe, spirit, sus, uh, source, sus. I'm like, I can't, <laughs> 
I'm still in. I'm still in cruise mode because I just came back. I, for those who don't know, I think most people know by now. At least the people who follow me on my on Facebook or whatever. I just came back from my honeymoon, so we were uh, in um, you know mush brain mode. I call it uh, for a while. It was good. Thank you. I I yeah. It was better than anything I could have ever possibly imagined had I decided to have an agenda on it. Uh, I don't think I could have created that. Yeah. It was so nice. I mean, it's yeah, it was it was delightful. And it was clean food and clean water, meaning toxic free. Yeah. So I did I we brought, you know, for when we went to Mexico, our one water filters and um we have ones that like just fit into a backpack. And then you filter it and pour it into your container. And um, we really didn't need it except for, I think, the Cayman Islands. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. you know, we, it was really cool. The, the ship had reverse osmosis. Yeah. Now, reverse osmosis, as you know, is not really good for your brain health because they take out everything, including the minerals. But for the ship, I'll take it. Thank you. It's better than the yeah. alternative sometimes. Uh, no, no, I'm all happy. No complaints. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Right? So, so back to Gus. Start back there. I want to hear. Okay. Yeah. So, again, I believe that it's my higher power, Gus, is, is very intertwined with everything. And for me, it, it took away a lot of my own personal power and i was like well i'm supposed to give my my will to a higher power which fine because i wasn't doing a good job driving i'll hand the wheel over i'll say let's let's try something else because clearly i wasn't doing good so uh i had to recognize that fact um well can i pause on that for a moment sure so you weren't you were like your your compass was off is that what you're trying to say like you're, you, um, you didn't drive yes. down the right road, kind of thing. I would go off road. I mean, my compass was broke. Sometimes I'd fall asleep behind the wheel. Sometimes, uh, you know, I'd try to drive through parking lots. It was not a good idea for some of the decisions that I was making. And you know, I I make light of it in a in a way that uh, you know, it's there's some seriousness to it as well because alcoholism. In my understanding and my belief, it, it is a disease. There is something inside of my brain that as soon as alcohol touches my lips, I'm like, more, more, more. I have to have more and I won't stop until I am either forced to stop by um, whatever outside force or physically, I just can't do it anymore. And then it was this constant cycle of things that I was doing. So, like I said, I, I had to find a way to stop that cycle. Eventually, there was one day when I was just like, enough is enough. Like I had, I had done, I had lost my apartment i had lost my car i had lost at least four jobs over the last three years like really nice high well-paying jobs in the hospitality industry i you know i worked my way up to a general manager i was running you know multi-million dollar a year in revenue businesses and um i just drank myself out of all of them i ended up in jail for a short period of time um with a very aggressive charge, which I am not an aggressive person at all, but alcohol brought out the side of me that just this darkness. 
inside of me when I when I had too much, and it was uh, I was just like enough is enough. And so when I like I said when I started to do AA and I, and I was following the steps and I was doing everything and I had turned my my will over to to Gus and I was like okay like let's just go through this I was doing the next right thing and the steps just teach us and it's and it's rare I mean it's rawest form how do you be a better person. At the end of the day, right? Like, how do you how do you clean your own house, and how do you make sure that you're doing the next right thing? How can you be of service to others? Um, you're doing your inventory at the end of the night, and it's all this kind of a process. I was sponsoring other guys, um, but my heart wasn't in it. Like, I felt like a failure. Some of the guys that I had sponsored, um, you know, it wasn't as successful as um, I had hoped it would have been. Um, but I've you know learned that that's just the nature of this disease as well. Um, but I kind of got down on it. And I was like, you know, I was looking for something else to find power in myself. And if my power power is a part of me and a part of everything else, then there has to be some power inside me. And so I was looking for some ways to bring that power back inside of myself. And so I started just doing a lot of research of health and nutrition. Uh, I started doing a lot of research on meditation, on yoga, on breath work. Um, yeah, just anything that I could get my hands on that was uh, a betterment to my to my brain, to my mind, to my body, to my soul, to my consciousness, to my awareness. I was trying to find as much information as possible. Um, and that's just kind of where life has led me up until this point. It's just been a constant journey. So you talk about finding your path. I think I've I found the beginning of the path and I, uh, I'm excited to, to see where this path goes. Um, and it's fun now to be able to, it's fun now to be a student driver. I'm behind the wheel, but, you know, Gus is doing most of the shot calling. I'm just kind of like, okay, here we go. Let's, you know, so it's, uh, excuse me. It's, uh, it's been fun. It's been a, it's been an interesting journey. Okay. So first of all, thank you for sharing. Of course. And I have a few things to share back. So one, I'd like to have permission to reframe disease. Okay. So instead of saying it's a disease, I want to say that it's a frequency. Okay. And it's a frequency in the body that has been created by what you were exposed to. Everything, every organ, tissue, and cell has its own frequency. Every single one. And so instead of labeling someone having a disease, which may or may not be reversible, we could instead reframe and say, well, it's, it's a frequency that's not for my highest good, and I can shift the frequency. Now, there's hope in that. Right, because if you can put the frequency, you don't have to live in that space. And then the other thing, and just to so that people can actually see what we're talking about, as a brain health professional, I trained under Amen Clinics, and um, you can see what alcohol does to the brain. Okay. Okay, so that's not a hole. Okay, it looks like a hole on the image. Okay, um, but what it is is the underperforming parts of the brain that, because of being exposed to alcohol, which is its own frequency and a toxin, right? It's a spirit. 
it stops the blood flow from that to that to that part of the brain. So when you mention, hey, my brain's not cooperating or, you know, like that, um, the question is, what came before the alcohol, because something did, okay, that had you had to put the fire out, because alcohol is about numbing it, right? Numbing the fire, putting water on the fire. And, and so for people can start looking at well, what's the root cause of someone needing to numb a pain, right? Um, it could be electromagnetic frequencies. It could be toxicity in the water, toxicity in the food. Okay. Um, it could be any of those things that then impair our ability to process information in a way that people who have not been exposed to things don't have that so that's, you know, that's a big thing, you know, that you, that many people, many people are coping with. And I would tell you that my brain probably didn't look the same. Okay, what do you want me to say now? Hold on, she's, okay, Fagala, tell me what you want me to share. I'm getting this exactly where I'm going. Listen. Laughing. So, so I had the same similar experience, right? Um, I can't process my brain is on fire, it's going really fast. Um, they put me on pharmaceutical drugs, it's just another toxin, right? And so, my brain probably didn't look much different until it healed by the way you can heal all that so anybody who has had a past with alcohol or drugs or any type of toxicity you think oh my goodness i have holes in my brain or i'm not getting blood flow to that area breathe so it's completely reversible all right give me your beak thank you so, so we talked about the disease. We talked about what the brain looks like and how you can heal that, right? And then what was, there was another point you made about, oh, surrendering to God, right? And so I also had to surrender to God. I mean, I had to do things and I'm like, he would say, well, you have to go to this place at this time and do that thing. And I'm like, well, I don't think I really want to do that thing, right? And he's like, do it anyway. Yeah. And so that's how I live my life. And you said, well, where's our power? Our power is in, in your case, God. Because there's well, there nothing. Be, go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Because there's nothing more powerful than source energy, universal source energy. There's nothing more powerful. Mm -hmm. And so when you give your power to somebody else, him, God, source, Jesus, whatever you want to call Yahweh, right? And let him drive the car, which, by the way, I used to have to pull over on the side of the road as well. 
not because I was impaired by alcohol, but because I was impaired by the toxins in the food. Couldn't move. Put me in a catatonic state. And so I want people to know you were what deemed an alcoholic. I was a fat person, right? <laughs> With bipolar disorder, supposedly, which I didn't have. But we had similar experiences, didn't we? Yeah. It's interesting, too. You say these things, and yeah, a lot of the stuff rings true, right? And that, that last point that you made was something that I have. Uh, I got very in my face over the last couple of months. Christmas time, a little bit before Christmas time. The holidays are always kind of weird for me anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I started to get a little... Say a little squirrely in my brain mm -hmm. uh, and started to kind of fall off track. And I had been kind of like, I guess, kind of deviating from a lot of uh, that spiritual connection for a long time. It was a lot of uh, searching within self, but self was still, self was trying to understand self without some guidance. Started to kind of lose path of, of what it was that I was doing, right? We talked about like found the interest to the path, and it just kind of evolves. And I think I kind of just took a break on the path for a while, um, and the holidays got a, got a little weird. And um, that's when I, I I kind of had that realization moment as well. I was like, okay, it, it's not me, like you said, I'm not giving up my power. It's a it's a it's a circular thing. It's a power that has to be shared. It's a continual flow. The power that comes from source. The power that comes back inside of me. If it is shared, which I believe it is, and then it can continue to go. So I can't say that my all of my power is gone by me giving my power, my will, over to a higher power. I can't say that it's completely gone because it is circular. It's continuing to come back in me, and that faith inside of the higher power gives me power. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and the thing is, when we self-heal, we that vibration, that higher vibration, heals the rest tenfold. Like it's 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 magnet it's magnet it's uh magnified. I don't even have a word for it. It's magnified. Yeah. So we don't like you don't have to come over here and heal me and I don't have to come over there and heal you. Hi, Tinkerbell. OK, you're going to come over here. She's flying around. So Tinkerbell, talk about overcoming adversity. Uh, Tinkerbell was not able to fly when I got her. All she does now is fly all over the house. <laughs> Go girl. Um, so. When we heal ourselves and stop having worrying about fixing others, the others fix themselves. Yeah, because it's not our charge, right? It's really not our charge. And that doesn't mean that you can't be a guide to somebody. Um, it just means that they have to ask for the help, number one, or you you know you do it for a living, right? Like I do. Uh, so that's another ask that's getting paid for what you do. Um, you know, kind of like that. And so what have you, so you've been exploring, um, I thought it was interesting because I, I didn't start on that first, but like one of the things about living toxic free that you chose was to look at your clothing. Yeah. You want to tell people about that? Yes, that was a, uh, 
daunting kind of experience. So I was always, I've always loved clothes and very bright colors and like mm-hmm. shoes and hats and all. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've always been this way, even as a child. Like my dad always thought that there was something wrong with me because like, like here's my pink shirt. Like I love it. Excuse me. But, uh, but I love, I love it. So, um, so I had a closet full of clothes and then I just really started to look at things and I started to think about, okay, all the stuff that we're putting inside of our body with food and water, um, even like my colognes and my lotions and my soaps and detergents. Then I was like, well, what about all the clothes that I'm wearing? All my stuff was made from synthetic fibers. And then I started to really dig and dive into the fact that not only is that bad for my my body my skin it's horrible for the planet the way that these things are made especially a lot of the fast fashion i was doing a lot of shopping on those websites and you know getting amazing deals on 50 shirts but like you know I, i'd only wear like one in like okay what's the point of having all these clothes and then i looked at you know it was a lot of i looked at that as a kind of an issue too like maybe me trying to fill a hole inside with all this different clothing and uh, but anyway, I decided that I was just going to go with anything that was on my body should come from the earth. And so that's just kind of what I did. So I just got rid of my whole closet and I just started from scratch, like from socks all the way up to the top. And so uh, it was a pretty, like even my shoes, like I, got, I got rid of shoes. I donated them, um, you know, so as much as possible to some uh, some places that I think are uh, close to my heart. And uh but yeah, I just kind of started from scratch. And so if it's I, I, I try to get everything from like... Uh, Certified B corporations. Uh, um, I try to make sure that everything is organic cotton or bamboo or uh, um, if it's like an animal fiber, like a like a wool or something like that. Cotton, you know, plant fibers. I just try to stick with anything from the earth because it just makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for a long time I was just kind of blinded by by bright colors. Well, and I and I'm doing the best I can with that part too. I mean, all my where I started was with my underwear. Yeah. I bought all out organic underwear, you know, I'm like, protect your hoochie, right? <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. um, and so I was buying from PACT, P-A-C-T. And then recently, as in like probably just two weeks ago uh, or three weeks ago. Yeah, because I just I had it was like a week or so before I left for my honeymoon. Um, I found Costco. They have organic yeah. underwear. I'm like, and it's cheaper. Okay, you're doing it again. All right. <laughs> what is it that you would like to say now? You're talking too fast. You have to slow it down. She wants me to ask you this. Sure. When you got rid of the toxicity, meaning toxic food, toxic water, toxic clothing. How does it make you feel? How does your brain feel? How does your heart feel? How does your body feel? Clear and flowing. It seems like the, uh, you know, we talked about the, I think for a long time people thought that, or my understanding too, was like the, the body is like, energy, electrical impulses kind of going all over. And like you said, we're learning more than it's about frequency. Everything yeah. has its own frequency and its own vibe. And and so it was, it was, it's much more in tune. It's much more, the whole frequency is, is, you know, the long wavelengths that kind of like work together instead of these, you know, right. um, but no, it's been great. It's been really good. And I can tell the difference if I, you know, kind of fall off the path a little bit by, you know, um, 
if I'm not eating so well or if, you know, even with my water, I can, I can tell the difference if I, you know, if I in a pinch have to like get water from, you know, at work or something and I go to the, the, the you know, water cooler, it's a different kind of water. I'm like, oh, you need to tell a difference. And it's, uh, it's interesting. You know, I never saw that connection until, especially if you stay on the path for a while. Yeah, it was interesting. So on the boat, uh, you know, every faucet was filtered. And then they give you bottled water from a glass bottle, by the way, versus plastic. Yeah. And there was Aquapana, which was from Italy and clean. And there was Evian in a glass. And I was drinking it. And then all of a sudden I kind of got like it had a kind of a taste to it. And Evian is not clean. I know. Aquapana is amazing. I enjoy aquapus. I do too. I was so grateful to have it. But then I realized I'm trying. I'm drinking when they didn't have aquapana. Maybe at one of the restaurants, right at the on the cruise. Um, I'm like, take it from the tab. <laughs> so, so I mean, um. What does Rajai says? It sounds like the healing that you needed was more spiritually, emotionally based. The addiction was a way to feel connected and accepted and part of a tribe with an identity. Interesting. What do you think? Um, I definitely think there's some truth to that, for sure. This is my brother from another mother, by the way. Just oh, yeah. Another, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for the question. Thanks for the comment. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's 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 fun. And it was definitely, like I said, I was running from spirituality for a long time. Um, I was from past as a child that I never really addressed. Pushed down from people's. It's funny, like the drinking kind of fit in who I was. So the identity of what Marcus looked like uh, was it was kind of an enigma. But you know, drinking helped me in my head. It fit in with anybody. I could talk to anybody. I was the life of the party for about thirty minutes. But up here, I was for a long time. But apparently, that was not always the case. Um, but it made me more charismatic. It made me more charming. It made me funnier. It made me all these different things, right? Like. Um, so yeah, it was definitely like a finding of oneself and especially finding alcohol at kind of a young age and that becoming my norm through my a very pivotal point in, in a young adult's life, right? That's early 20s up until the 30s, like a lot of those pivotal points where you're making a lot of those decisions and declarations of who you are and you know what you want to do with your life and the kind of the path and directions that you want to take, I I, I didn't know. I was just kind of going along with it and drinking just made it easier for me to deal with the fact that I didn't take any of those chances to try to figure out who I was. Yeah. I think there was a lot of that too. So yeah, the spiritual connection and the healing that I have received since then has been instrumental in, I guess, connecting those two pieces, spirituality and my identity and, and what those look like now. Yeah. And I have to tell you, this is a scary thing. Right. Like um, my friend. Um, and first of all, let me just pause and say thank you, Rajai, for sharing your insights. 
he's a he's a quantum energy healer and he's amazing and actually uh i think i sent you the text we're doing a special broadcast at 4 30 today oh yeah because my husband and i but my husband's working right <laughs> so um went to the cayman crystal caves in cayman island and we took mm -hmm. pictures and the angels showed up and there's clearly and i mean clearly a message for the universe and so i got that i was called to share the message so for those of you watching now please tune in at 4 30. same same channel awesome. <laughs> um yeah because we're and rajai is going to join me because he's a really good interpreter as well as my husband but like i said my husband's uh, working um he's a really good interpreter of the lights that we saw because mm. there's lights and there are messages there so yeah um, so um but my girlfriend uh michelle Frank, the rock star coach she was a highly successful realtor doing a, making a lot of money and god said yeah you're just going to do your intuitive thing now and your and your music and mm -hmm. she's like eh, okay you know and she's like wondering where her money's coming from and so um me um i have to turn off my uh put it on do not disturb because there was a text message coming through and that's distracting for me but um anyways I witnessed her in the last, even just, I've only known her for two years because I moved here, met her, and then she like basically became my closest friend here. Um, but I've witnessed, witnessed her stepping into her power and there's fear, right? And more importantly, there's letting go of the fear. And when we let go of the fear and really know that God's got her back, like if we follow what he tells us to do and we understand that he's got our back it's funny where the money comes in check shows up in the mail get a new client out of nowhere i mean it's crazy and he's never let me down and he doesn't let her down either and so I, I will just say that if surrendering to a higher power gives you fear, consider what not surrendering to the higher power would really do. Mm -hmm. Consider the alternative. It's kind of like someone who, like my age, I, I just turned 60. Goes, Oh yeah, I'm I turned sixty. I can't believe I turned sixty. And I'm like, think of the alternative. If you don't turn mm -hmm. sixty, you're being buried, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, I agree. I agree. People say that to me all the time. Like Marcus, why are you in such a good mood all the time? I'm like, what's the alternative? Like I can, like I, I think happy is a little better than not happy. So right, like, right, yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. So what advice would you give to somebody who's trying to find their way out of whatever addiction it is? It could be alcohol or it could be me. Like I was addicted to sugar, right? I have people who are addicted to food and are obese. 
people who are addicted to a behavior could be a sexual behavior, right? And that's not serving them either. It doesn't matter, right, what it is. But what is it that you recommend or tell people on how do they find their path so they can live on purpose in their lives? I think the biggest thing is that first step is like admitting it or recognizing it, that there is an issue here, right? That you that you recognize that this is not for your greater good. You can be honest with yourself, like really, truly honest and like look yourself in the mirror and like look in the depths of who you are as a person and say, okay, this is probably not ill for my, my life, my journey. Oh. Head play um, catch. Sorry, yeah. so, someone was racing across the screen. I'm gonna put that little claw on the other computer. Seen off Podbean, so I'm like, yeah. Um, I think that's the first thing that anybody has to do before they can start taking any kind of steps. And I honestly, like, after that, it's it is that finding a connection with whatever you deem to be your higher power, understanding that. There is something out there bigger than all of us and it doesn't have to necessarily make sense the the point is the recognition of it and then trying to find that connection with that source with that universal energy spirit whatever you want to call it uh, like i said for me it's gus it took me a long time to introduce myself formally to gus in a way um but it was interesting you know i've, I've been like I said, trying to get reconnected and trying to do all of these things. And one day I was just in the shower and it just like, it came to me it, like nothing I'd ever experienced before. Like I heard it, it was audio or audio. It was visual, like in my head, it was just like, Gus. I was like, okay, that's what we'll call you. That is nice to meet you. And like ever since then, the connection and the communication, the flow has been good. And I think we have to be still enough to be able to listen. And we have to just continue to practice that. Like it's getting to know, um, the entity that that spirit that energy in a way um because it's always there it's just about us being um smart humble open enough to be able to to practice the communication um you know yours your connection with your god and i know jesus and it's it's amazing you know um and so i practice more and more to try to be able to hear that way right so that i can just hear and wrap it off and you know it's a it's a it's an everyday kind of a thing but that's why it's practice and that's why we continue but that's like my biggest thing if anybody is like actually struggling with something just recognizing the struggle recognizing that it's not for your greater good recognizing that you're bigger and better than what it is that you're currently going through and finding a solution to it and having enough guts to be like, okay, I may need some help with this and that's okay. And finding people that actually do care about you because there are people out there that will work and try to help you. And there are some amazing people. Like I wouldn't be here today without so many, like countless people that like never gave up on me, even though I gave up on myself a lot. And some of it's just, uh, Perseverance and uh, yeah, that's I guess my biggest piece of advice. I hope that made sense. Makes complete sense. Complete sense. So I mean, what I'm hearing is having self awareness, right? And uh, there are lots of cool tools for um, creating self awareness. Dr. John D. Martini, if you go to his website, he has a uh, a tool 
uh, called the um, Demartini Value Assessment. And when you understand what your values are, then you know how to live by them. And you have to have evidence that you're living by those values. And if you don't have evidence that you're living by those values, they're not your values because you're demonstrating something else. <laughs> right? So it, those are just some of the ways. And then the other thing I love, like I get my best downloads, you know, messages in the shower. Right? That and okay. And if you're squeamish, just get over it on the john. <laughs> right? Your mind's quiet. Yeah, well, I think it is. It's just that quietness and you're alone and you're very, I mean, you're it's literally and figuratively naked in a way, you know what I mean? Like we're, we're physically naked and we're mentally naked. There's nothing else around us. And I do, I agree. It's when a lot of these downloads just come and maybe it's something with the water too. I don't know. Like you're Oh, the water's a carrier. Yeah, the water's a carrier for sure, Marcus. Yeah. 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 Um, so it is, it is. I agree with you. I think it's that self-awareness and knowing and you say a great point with the values, understanding what your personal value. It took me a long time to figure that out, right? Like it took me a long time to understand that what my values are, and that learning how to create boundaries and learning how to mm -hmm. um, make sure that other people, why they don't have to agree or follow the same values that I do, respect the fact that I have those are the boundaries that I have to set for people. And it's uh, took me a long time to get to that point. I'm 42, but I think it took me a long time. Hey, I didn't freak. I mean, even though I was learning all this since I was, I mean, I've been studying leadership and and emotional intelligence for, I finally did the math on it uh, the other day, 35 years. 35 years. And um, as a matter of fact, on Instagram, let's see if she's still here. Hold on. Um, let me unplug that. Okay. Um, on Instagram, let's see if she's still there. She is, uh, Dr. Tracy Cantarudi is listening. Hi, Tracy. Yeah. Um, so who's Dr. Tracy Cantarudi and why do we care? Well, she was my leadership, uh, coach and, uh, professor in grad school. And, uh, she's, she's an amazing soul. Um, and uh, a very accomplished woman who set the path for other women like me so that we don't have to work so hard, right? Like mm. to be accepted in the workplace. Um, hats off to Dr. Tracy Cantarudi. So thank you for tuning in. Um, and uh, there was something else. The other thing I got from what you were saying was about perfection, right? It's like there's lessons. You don't always get it right. You don't always know. You don't have to be perfect, right? And there's a lot of people who are aspiring to perfection. And my husband's son, Thomas, politely let me know it doesn't exist. I'm like, this is very true. Like at 23, right? Like, thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> And but but my husband and I were trying to do things perfectly like for years. I'm like, okay, this this doesn't work. We we have a relationship that works now. It's delightful, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, but we have to look at we have to look at the program belief systems. 
are they our beliefs or are they imprints from our parents or grandparents or siblings or someone else and we took them on because we were trying to people please are they really our belief systems probably not right um there was one other thing what did you want me to share fagala Where are you going now? She wants to know. It's interesting that she asked this. I, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm at a little bit of a, uh, maybe another kind of a crossroad thing. So I'm, it's uh, a lot of things kind of going over in my brain the last couple of weeks and just trying to like figure all this stuff out. And then yesterday it was a, uh, it was just a moment of, of, clarity of lightness of just the gust to just like hey sit down like just sit down and i was like okay and it was just like i i wrote in my journal i was like i'm not gonna try to figure all this stuff out right now i'm just gonna show up every day be the best version of myself how can i be of service to other people how can i be the best version of marcus today in this moment whatever that looks like right like if the best version of markets is taking a nap take a nap if the best version of markets is running a triathlon do that whatever this version of markets is in this moment and quit trying to figure everything out Marcus. i'm gonna i got you and it was a the anxiety was gone like instantly the lightness was gone like you talk about like not being perfect right like that was out of my head and we talk about this a lot too it's like progress not perfection Right. As long as I'm taking a step forward, that's a step in the right direction. And if I have to take a step backwards, that's OK sometimes, because as long as we don't continue backwards and we just keep going back forward, we, we rectify it. We learn these things and we learn from from mistakes or not even mistakes. Everything is a, is a life or everything is a, is a love, uh, a lesson or a loss. And we just got to figure out how to work around those things. Right. So it's uh, but yeah, I, I'm not really sure where that is where I'm going to be headed here soon um but i know some changes is, are coming and it's interesting a lot of things that we talked about today you, you know you talked about how you just your friend who just like let all this other stuff go to focus on her healing and her higher power was like i got you right like i'm gonna take care of you don't worry about this stuff and it just always worked out yeah. um that's kind of where i'm at right now so we'll we'll see i'm excited to see what's about to happen in the next couple of months so that's interesting yeah, I mean, and you and you bring up a really good point about being the best version of yourself. When you look at the, um, is it David Hawkins? Uh, oop, we just lost Marcus for a minute. Um, when you look at David Hawkins and one of the lower vibrational, um, uh, one of the lower vibrational issues that people can have is comparing others to other people. But and just as bad is comparing yourself to other people. It doesn't serve you and it doesn't serve the community. So what I really enjoyed what Marcus was saying was that he doesn't compare himself. He just shows up as the best version of himself. Um, and so what I'd like to recommend to people and the girls are so chatty. What I would like to recommend to people, I'm bringing Marcus back on stage. Um, it's okay. I mean, we. So when I first started this show, we had a lot of that, and I was the one falling off. So 
um, as the host. And so my guests just took it on. I'm like, thank you. But what I was saying is that um, you don't, it's really important not to compare ourselves to other people because it's very mm -hmm. low vibration and also not to compare our friends to other people. And um, then the other thing, uh, and I said how I'm, you know, basically I'm impressed and inspired that you already understand that we're supposed to be just comparing ourselves to the last version of who we are, mm -hmm. right? So that's really phenomenal. And then I wanna make a recommendation to people to um, read this book, it's called The Four Agreements, right? Um, and, you know, one of the things, one of the agreements is to always do your best. And, um, but the best will vary from day to day, depending on whether or not you're healthy or sick or whatever, or whatever the, you know, how the environment has changed. And so it really gives you the freedom to be and show up on your own terms. Right. So, um, we're going to end the show here in a couple minutes and, um, I want to uh, welcome people to, I'm going to see if I can get that link real quick before um, I, yeah, here it is. So copy this link. Um, uh, here we go. So there's uh, the link for what's going to be in the, uh, in 30 minutes. Okay. So at 4.30, we're hopping back on here again. And again, we are going to um, give you angel messaging. Uh, as a reminder, like I said, my husband and I were in the Cayman Islands. We went to the Crystal Caves. And the Crystal Caves, just for, for people who would not know, I, I, I can't imagine why you would know, had not been touched for uh, several million years. And, um, and then in the last 75 years, man went in and they didn't touch anything. They just created a small path. Um, well, actually, the path was existing and they put in some a few lights. And I mean, very few lights. OK. Um, most of the light comes from outside. And so I took some pictures not knowing. And one had an aura around my husband and I, like a glow. Um, those were our angels. And then um, there were other pictures where we... Come here. All right. You want to come here? Okay. All right. So she's not. Right. You're going to. Flies in and out. Um, anyway, so these other pictures are, we believe, of our angel guides. And some are from other places. We'll just call them places. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Thank you. Right. And um, because you can't make this up because I didn't I didn't doctor the photo. I mean, we took the pose and they're there. Right. And we're going to show you how to use that image that's on that photo to keep yourself protected energetically. OK. Because, yeah. A lot of things are changing in the next four days. We're going into the age of Aquarius on the 20th and a lot of things are going to be unveiling and so um this message from our angels is specifically about um that like what's going to not so much what's going to be happening but how do you support yourself while this is happening 
and I'll leave it at that. I'm not going to give it all away. Right? So teaser, 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 teaser. <laughs> I love it. So, all right. So I hope I see you there, Marcus. Um, and Marcus, do you want to share where you work and if people want to like reach out? Cause you, you serve the community, you know, you serve the mental health community. Is this something you want to share? And if not, okay, go ahead. Yeah, no. So I, um, I work for a mindfulness based 12 step IOP in Roswell, Georgia called centered recovery programs. Uh, we take a like complete holistic mindfulness approach to recovery. I think it's a beautiful thing. Again, it was very much in line with what I was looking for in my own recovery journey. That's kind of what led me to there. Uh, and it's uh, we do really good work. I think more people should know about us. I think we should be the gold standard in the IOP community. Um, and so my job is just to kind of go out and spread the word about centered and, uh, you know, talk about um, who we are and what we do and how we can help other people. And so it's it's a beautiful thing, you know. We, we do work in tandem with the 12 steps. We're not anti, so it's a, it's a good thing, too. Um, but is yeah, this the that's right? That's what we do. Yeah, this is you guys. Okay. Yeah, and that was what first got my attention. And because uh, you said you're holistic. I'm like, yay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot, a lot of other IOPs and, and programs are putting, like, little sprinkles of the the, of the sickness and the, and the mindfulness into their programs. But we're, our approach is completely that. It's about, um, it's about awareness and it's about taking a look at, at our consciousness and how our consciousness and how our awareness can can manifest itself in a way that we can adjust our thinking so that when thoughts come up we can approach them in a healthy way it's it's a it's pretty amazing the curriculum that they put together well i mean really because it took me forever to figure that out so thank you for doing that right yeah. <laughs> it really was i mean for me to I thought I had it good, and then I got married, and I got triggered all over again. So I said, figure it out. So, um, and actually, Tracy even helped me with that, Dr. Tracy Cantarudi. So, um, all right. So I will, uh, you know, thank you for coming on board, and thank our guests for showing up. And um, we'll see everybody. Oh, she's getting really antsy. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and if I get somebody, you know, uh, is in the Georgia area and they're looking for that type of counseling, they should reach out to Marcus, um, you know, uh, you know, at Centered. It looks like the number there is 1-800-556-2986, or is that right? Yeah. So make sure we get in the right direction. All right. All right. Thank you. Um, thank All you. Right. All right. Let's see if we get this brand thing. There we go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.